Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh-oh, here we go again. Another sermon. I never feel ready. Surely you're over this, Viv. Like, surely you'd feel confident by now. I, I know God's word is powerful, but I'm just a bit pathetic. Will what I say actually make a difference? People will just be tuning out at home. There are so many better preachers than me. My hair is not looking good today. What am I even doing thinking about my hair? I'm about to preach a sermon. How shallow are you, for goodness sake? Okay, Viv, come on, smile. Let's do this. So I'm curious. Does anybody else have a war going on in their minds like this? Or is this just me? Uh, So often I battle in my mind between thoughts of faith and thoughts of fear. I so often want to trust God, but yet I also want to control. Maybe you can be walking in one moment and you can feel full of confidence and like, yes, God loves me, he's for me. And then in the next moment, you have like crippling insecurity and doubts about who you are. And that paralyzes you and it can hold you back. What I've discovered is that the mind is a battlefield. And lots of life's battles, I believe, are won or lost in your mind. Uh, so the more I've studied scripture and the more that um, I've, I've uh, did some study as a life coach, I looked at neuroscience and the neuroplasticity of the brain. And I really believe that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. The good news is, who wants some good news? God is powerful. And he's, just, he's not there just to help you, but he's there to transform your mind and to renew our minds with truth. You may remember, um, I think it was three weeks ago, Will preached, and he talked about the fact that we're new creations, and he explained that the Apostle Paul is adamant that our nature has been completely changed to that of God's image, but our minds clearly haven't. And one of those has been dealt with. One of those can be completely dealt with at the cross. One is in a state of transformation. And this is where we get to join in with God. God is in the transformation business and we get to join in. Um, Over this series of Becoming Resilient Disciples through the lens of Romans, we've had glimpses into the mind of the Apostle Paul. And in many ways, I think Paul was what we call the ultimate thought warrior. Um, we can see over the course of his life that God renews his mind over time. A couple of weeks ago, Kristen uh, talked from Romans 7 and she talked, you, you like see the battle in his mind in Romans 7. He's like, the things I want to do, I don't do, the things I can't do, I want to do. And he's like in this crazy battle in his mind. And over his life and his ministry, he learns to wage war against the lies that attack his mind. He learns how to capture wrong thoughts and replace them with truth and win the war in his mind. So let's read from Romans 12. If you've got your Bibles, it's going to come up on the screen. But if you've got your Bibles, please turn to Romans 12. 
It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I really believe that one of the keys in becoming a resilient disciple is about renewing your mind and changing the way that you think. Like I said earlier, most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. So I'm going to give you two reasons why I think this is. The first one is my thoughts control my life. My thoughts control my life. Uh, Every single action begins as a thought. And if you don't think it, you don't do it. And that's both good and bad. It works both ways. Thoughts control your life. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man or woman thinks in his, heart, in his heart, so is he. And I don't think many of us realise how important our thoughts are. They form who we are. We become who we think we are. Uh, if, you, if you're growing up and somebody's said to you, you're worthless or you don't matter or you're ugly or you're uncoordinated you, and you've accepted those as facts whether or not they're true, they have shaped your life. Your beliefs and your thoughts shape your life, even if they're not true. Lots of you were probably taught things about yourself or you've absorbed things about yourself as a child that just aren't true, and years later, you're still acting on that false information. I'm the youngest of three girls, and up until I was about 13, my dad used to compare me a lot to my sisters. Uh, Why can't I be more like my sisters? They behaved better. They played musical instruments beautifully. Uh, They didn't talk back to him quite as much as I did. And so I formed beliefs and thoughts around this about how I wasn't quite as good enough as, as others. And I've had to do a lot of undoing against these lies and battling against comparison and how I compare to others. And I still battle with this sometimes. Thoughts like, Steve is way more prophetic than I am, therefore I can't prophesy. Now, you can see the way that thought can paralyse. There is truth in it. Steve is more prophetic than I am. But that doesn't mean I can't prophesy. It doesn't mean that I can't hear God's voice. And I've had to battle that thought and confess it to God and hear his truth. And he just says things like, there's no such thing as better or worse, Viv. You're unique and I've created you with your own set of unique gifts. And you'll only end up feeling either inferior or superior to other people and neither are helpful if if you're in comparison. So it's really, really important to recognise the influence that your thoughts have, good or bad, on how you think about yourself and others. If I didn't challenge that thought, then I wouldn't use my own prophetic gift at all. You see how our thoughts control our lives. Just a little disclaimer that my dad recognised that he was doing that and he apologised to me when I was about 13 and our relationship was really restored at that point and he often talks about it too as being a real learning point for him. So love you dad if you're watching, happy Father's Day. Um, The second reason that our thoughts are so important is that our mind is the battleground for sin. It's where we win or lose the battle. Uh, I I think all temptation happens first in the mind. We can think that it's kind of like out there, can't we? Oh, that's tempting to me. 
But if you think about the sins of pride, of lust, of bitterness, of envy, of where are those things? They all start in the mind. And if we can learn to manage our minds, we can learn how to manage our lives. This is where the battleground is. And the reason the battle is so intense is because your brain, your mind, is your greatest asset. Satan wants to control your mind. The world wants to control your mind. And there is a battle for the way that you think. So we have to learn how to renew our minds because our thoughts control our lives and our minds are the battleground for sin and temptation. So you're all convinced. You're like, Viv, sign me up. I want to renew my mind because I realise how important it is. Yes? Yes. Um, So there are two things I want to concentrate on. And I want you to say these two things after me. Freeing and feeding. Freeing and feeding. So let's start with freeing. Go back to the Romans 12 passage again. And let's read verse 2 again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now this Greek the word transformed is the Greek word metamorpho. All say that with me, metamorpho. You, I don't know whether you have any clues as to what that word might mean um, in English. You'll probably recognise it as the English word where we get our word metamorphosis. And this is the process that a caterpillar goes as it becomes a butterfly. Um, metamorphosis, it's not about being a caterpillar or being a butterfly. It's the journey that a caterpillar goes to becoming a butterfly. Be transformed. Be metamorphosed. Don't think that's a verb. But this is a process. Um, The definition of metamorphosis um, under Merriam-Webster, I think we might have a little video as well playing in the background. The the definition of metamorphosis under Merriam-Webster says a change of physical form structure or substance, especially by supernatural means. Isn't that interesting? The good news is that we have the supernatural means to be metamorphosized, don't we? I remember when our kids were young, um, one of our favourite things was to buy a butterfly garden kit, which you sent away for this little cup of caterpillars, and you got to watch them grow and then form chrysalises I don't even know whether that's a plural. I've probably got my grammar wrong. Chrysalises around themselves before eventually hatching into butterflies. And it is just, it's an incredible process. It blows my mind every time. They're like these little wiggly worm type things. They become a a cracking butterfly. I mean, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Um, And the process when they're in the chrysalis is really bizarre. They look like they're just dead shells. But there's this vigorous transformation process going on, on in there. And there are times when the, when the cocoons are just like shaking, violently shaking. It's, like, what? it's just crazy. Um, and I think this process of metamorphosis in renewing our minds is actually a really vigorous process with us. This is where we get to play our part alongside the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5 says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and to make it obedient to Christ. There's a bit of action needed here, isn't there? This isn't just some like passive 
Um, like, let's just sit back and watch the Spirit of God do this. We take captive every thought and make it obedience to Christ. And there's warfare language here as well. And it talks about this mental battle that goes on in the mind. So a stronghold is a lie that I believe. Uh, the lie might be, nobody likes me, or I'm a failure, or everyone else is so much more together than I am. We've probably got our own narratives, haven't we? Each of us. All those kind of like constant tapes playing in our head. Like, I'm, I'm just such a failure. I'm boring. I, like, we've got so many going on in our head. It could be things like, I'm, uh, it could be even be attitudes. Like, I'm never going to forgive that person. Or um, nothing good is ever going to happen to me. Like these tapes that go round and round. And these are lies that you're believing. And Paul says that if you want to learn to be mentally healthy, you've got to learn how to demolish the strongholds in your life and to take captive every thought. He, Paul didn't say don't think, and he didn't say take captive some of your thoughts. He said take captive all of your thoughts. In other words, if a thought pops into our heads, we must analyse it. Not like overthinking way, but just working out, is this beneficial to what God says about me? Is this true according to what God says about me? Is it, gonna, is it destructive or selfish? Does it encourage or build up? Does it degrade or tear down? And if they're not of good intentions, then we have to take it captive. We have to like flush it. We need to examine every thought and work out whether it's beneficial to who we're becoming. And half of the battle, I think, is being aware of those thoughts. So I think some of us have them so buried in our subconscious that we're not even aware that we're thinking them. If we can start to just raise awareness, just have some space in your day, just going, what are my thoughts that are going on in my head? Because it's only as we become aware of them that we can begin to fight them. Every thought you have is either moving you towards who you want to become or away from that. So once you recognise that you have some wrong beliefs or thoughts, the great news is that we can change and we're not on our own. We have the spirit of the living God inside us to transform us. But it is a struggle to take thoughts captive. There's a struggle with the mind and a warfare with dark thoughts. And many stay in the dark with these thoughts and don't bring them to the light. But we have to bring them to the light because, and whether that's like journaling them, whether that's like talking with a friend or a therapist or something like that, we have to get them out because if they're trapped in your head, you will spiral down. And often, can I say, there's often a grain of truth in them bit like that prophesy thing. Like there's a grain of truth in it, but it, if it's inside your head, it can paralyze you and it can trap you. We have to get them out. And it's only when we get them into the light, whether, that's, whether we see it on the paper in front of us in journaling or when we talk about it to a friend, that we can see them for their sneaky selves. Here at um, this church, we run a prayer ministry called Sozo, which is brilliant for this. Um, it's, a, it's a place for you to connect with God and ask him to some, start revealing some of the lies that you may be believing and asking him to replace them with truth. I, I, just, I cannot recommend it highly enough. We have a trained ministry team to guide you through that. All the details are on our website. I remember one of the lies that I believe was that I couldn't be seen as being weak or emotional. It's ridiculous, isn't it, when I say that? 
But it's one of the things that kind of goes around in your head. And as I renounce that lie, God has shown me some powerful truths about actually being able to express my vulnerability to people. And actually, there's incredible strength that comes out of that. And actually, a greater relationship, depth of relationship with people as well. So God can do miraculous changes in your mind. He can set you free from something in an instant. But habits are up to you. Both are really important in our transformation journeys and our spiritual formation and in our journey towards being resilient disciples. But in order to to, to free our minds, we have to break some habits and maybe do things that just feel a little bit uncomfortable at first. Uh, I tell you, even in preparing this talk, there's been a battle in my mind, like the warfare over my thoughts coupled with being premenstrual. Girls, um, I'm really sorry. Our hormones make it even harder at certain times of the month to control our thoughts. Sorry, guys, but the struggle is real. Um, We are all in a battle, though, and we need to learn how to take our thoughts captive. Um, Who wants a little bit of science to back this up? I love a bit of science backing up the Bible. Um, There's a brilliant Christian neuroscientist called Dr. Caroline Leaf, and she's written this. God builds into the science of thought this amazing ability to renew our minds. This means that when you think about a thought, each time the thought is dominating your conscious mind, you can do something with it. You can choose to keep it the same or change it. Either way, protein synthesis, whatever that is, happens. The toxic memory will either be changed or strengthened. Revisiting what you've journaled and using reflection lays down new circuits and helps detox the brain. Thoughts can be redesigned when they are consciously captured. She's written a brilliant book called um, Who Switched Off My Brain? And she's also designed an app to really help people with their minds. And we're going to um, pop some, in, some, some resources in the newsletter this week. So watch for your inbox for all sorts of resources to help you with this. I, I love that um, the things that they're discovering about the brain and the mind now are actually principles that are already found in the Bible. And they're kind of like just discovering them in science. I love that. So that was about freeing, recognising the lies, taking them captive, replacing them with truth. The other way that the Bible directs us in renewing our mind is feeding, what we feed it with. So if you say after me, freeing and feeding, freeing and feeding, freeding, (laughs) also known as, I must feed my mind with truth. We all know the importance of, of good nutrition, don't we? Of good, healthy food and how good food brings you energy to your body and bad food can bring harm to your body. But the same is true in our thought life. I can't feed my mind with junk and expect a healthy thought life. It doesn't happen. I have to feed it with truth. And Jesus said it like this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The Bible is our soul food. When should I feed my mind with truth? Every day, morning, noon and night. Um, And if you're constantly thinking about truth, it will renew your mind. It will change your thinking. There are are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. If you want to change your thinking, can I challenge you? Begin to learn, begin to memorise, begin to meditate on some of these promises. 
If you feel pretty hopeless about something, then look at some of the promises that God gives us. And I guarantee, guarantee that it will start to change your perspective. David, in the Old Testament, he says in Psalm 119, I love your word. I think about it all day long. I'll give you one example of how serious David was about filling his mind with the truth of God's word. He spent um, a large part of his life running for his life as a fugitive away from the, the king wanted to kill him. And he had to like move from place to place and live in caves. And he never knew whether he was actually going to be killed that day or not. And he says this in Psalm 119, verse 95. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your decrees. Wow. I quietly keep my mind on your decrees. If somebody was trying to kill me, I'm not sure I'd be thinking like that. I'm not sure I'd be thinking about the word of God. I'd be like calling the police. I'd be complaining to my friends. I'd be bolting the door. Whereas David says, I don't care what's going on in my life. People trying to kill me, I do one thing. I keep my mind on the promises of God, on the truth. Do we do, we do that? It's such a challenge, isn't it? It's got to be our first port of call. We have to Feed our mind on the truth. I remember uh, Steve and I were made bankrupt a few years ago. Another story for another time. Um, But Steve and I chose every day to declare out the truths and the promises of God over our lives. And we, we could have dwelt on the letters that kept coming through the letterbox like ridiculous amounts of money that apparently we owed the, owed the HMRC. But instead, we chose to turn our attention and to like declare out the truths and the promises of God over our lives. And I tell you, it was probably one of the most joy-filled and peace-filled times of our lives. Ridiculously counterintuitive, but totally transformational. There is power in the Word of God. There is power in it, and, we, and, and that's the power to transform our minds. It's, it's, just, it's not enough to just simply root out wrong thinking. That's what sort of self-help books do. We have to replace it with right thinking. So continually feeding on the word of, of God and on the truth and getting free by renouncing the lies and then replacing those lies with the truth of what God says about us and, and what, the, what the truth actually is. Becoming a resilient disciple will be accelerated through us changing our thinking. And some of the greatest trials and battles that we go through in our lives are in our minds. And if there's an area of your thought life that feels unconquerable, God wants to renew and change the way that you think. He wants to set you free. There's probably people here that are struggling with self-destructive thought patterns. Or maybe you're not even aware of what you're thinking about, that those thoughts are just going on in your head and you think that they're true. God will do his part, but there is a call to warfare, guys. We cannot be passive in this. We have to feed our minds. And this isn't... We we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit of the living God living inside us, but we cannot be passive. This is warfare. This is where we get to play our part. Otherwise, our minds will run riot. They will. So think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. Journal some of your thoughts out. Have some time where you just pause in your day. We're so distracted with our phones, aren't we? And we don't actually give a lot of time to what are we actually thinking about. So do that during this next week. Think about what you're thinking about. Journal some of your thoughts down. Talk them through with a friend or with your life group leader. 
Bring them to the light. Even if they're really dark, bring them into the light. Because if they're in your head, you will spiral down. And let's look at getting feed, feeding it with some healthy nuggets. Probably not the right analogy, is it? But, um, but like pick one psalm to meditate on for a month. Just pick one psalm. Or like look at some of the promises uh, of God and just meditate on them. Get them into your soul because this will transform your mind. We're going to take communion, and we realise we haven't actually given you any notice to go and do that. So why don't you, if you're at home, go and grab some, some kind of bread and juice. Um, but we're just going to have a moment of stillness, and we're going to invite the Spirit of God just to come and bring some of those things to our minds. Bring some of the areas where he wants to transform you. And, and almost just just sit in the presence of God with some of your thoughts, like renounce them, renounce some of the, the ways that you're thinking about yourself. Ask God to show you what he actually thinks about you because those are the things that are actually going to change us. So we're just going to spend some time in, in silence and then Steve's going to come and lead us in communion together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.